everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Terry Talks Fiction. We are back for 2023, and we're starting off very, very strong with a review today of V.E. Schwab's incredible story about a deal with the devil gone either horribly wrong or horribly right, depending on your perspective, a timeless woman watching the world flow around her, the incredible weight of history, and of course, a love story. This is a review of The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. First published in 2020, I had the pleasure of reading this book in early February 2023, and I read it pretty much in an entire sitting because it was one of those books that comes along that is so deeply engaging that from the moment you start it, you don't want to put it down. The world of this story completely supplants your own. And even when you're not directly looking at the page, you're still living in that world. You can't get it out of your head. It's infectious. And you find yourself looking at the world in a new way looking at those around you and wondering which people have sold their souls away to the devil because the premise is so well executed in this novel, it becomes so eminently believable. For those who haven't read the novel but sound intrigued by that intro, I urge you to go off and read this before listening to this review because it is going to spoil the hell out of it, the literal hell out of it in some cases, and you do not want to deprive yourself the opportunity to read this book. The book describes itself thus. When Addie LaRue makes a pact with the devil, she trades her soul for immortality. But there's always a price. The devil takes away her place in the world, cursing her to be forgotten by everyone. Addie flees her tiny hometown in 18th century France, beginning a journey that takes her across the world, learning to live a life where no one remembers her and everything she owns is lost and broken. Existing only as a muse for artists throughout history, she learns to fall in love anew every single day. Her only companion on this journey is her dark devil with hypnotic green eyes, who visits her each year on the anniversary of their deal. Alone in the world, Addie has no choice but to confront him, to understand him, maybe to beat him. Until one day, in a second-hand bookshop in Manhattan, Addie meets someone who remembers her. Suddenly thrust into a real, normal life, Addie realises she can't escape her fate forever. The book's blurb here touches really well on pretty much all of the points that make this such an exceptional read. Addie's story of being a timeless witness through history is fascinating and it's one of those things where it's really very well presented to the reader. The story cuts between flashback chapters from Addie back as she's working her way to the other half of where the story is told which is the present day or the world of around about 2014 and the way that those two elements of the story are woven together is done really masterfully. I've read a few books even recently that try to tell this sort of split-screen story, as it were, where you're bouncing in between time periods with someone who is immortal or ageless. And so often the connective tissue between 
each of those chapters doesn't really stretch as perfectly as it does in this story, giving us peaks and troughs between each individual chapter and each individual cut, relating them to each other in some way, but also painting and stitching together a much wider tapestry of storytelling between the major events from the past and the present. What really sets these flashbacks apart is the tight focus on Addie and the, her relationship with the dark during these periods. So there's not... Everything else is flavour, but there's always that sort of feeling in the background looming over the scene, if not directly involved in it. And that really helps tighten the focus and really lets everything feed back into that exploration of Addie as a character, what the darkness represents, and the wider themes of the book. So these aren't just little holidays back into an interesting time in the past, but they are really they really serve to drive the narrative forward at all times and really expand how the characters interrelate with one another and with the wider story. It's a really difficult balance to pull off properly, and Schwab has done that so incredibly well here that it really feeds into that feeling of not wanting to put the book down at any point because everything is leading on to another thing and pretty much every page you turn is giving you additional context into either how Addie became the way she was in that you've already seen in the chapters set in the present day because of those experiences in the past. But also when you're reading the present day chapters, the extra context that you keep getting about her history or the sn glances, the snippets that you get into her, what must have happened in her past that you don't know about yet because of the way she's acting in the present is so deeply engaging. It just draws you through the novel. It constantly gets you questioning what's happening and where the story is planning to go. Because for a lot of the story, it appears on first blush relatively unfocused. You're just stepping through Addie's life chronologically in the present when nothing particularly is building for quite a while, interspersed with all these little bits of her past and history that are informing her as a character, but not really giving you a clear vision of what direction the novel's heading in. But somehow, instead of acting as a detriment to the story, it acts as a deeply engaging mystery that makes you want to keep reading to see what is going to happen and where these things are going. There's a sort of sense that you can get when a story is very well written that reassures you things are being done on purpose and not by accident. Uh, those, The question of where is this story going could easily be framed with the inflection of where is this story going? But because it's so well written and so well put together, it's the fingerprints of the author and the indication that yes, there is a plan and yes, this is going somewhere is so evident just from the way that it's written. It's such a hard trick to pull that off and it, this does it so very, very well. 
And part of what helps with that too is just how deeply interesting the premise of this story is. Now, there's nothing very new about a story that is about a Faustian deal with the devil. The sting, the barb, the genie's wish, the twist, all of the, you know, if you have a story about a deal with the devil, in any context, you always expect this to be a thing where the character gets more than they bargained for, but also that they get exactly what they bargained for, because the devil is kind of like that in literature when making deals. The be careful what you wish for idiom has arisen from these sort of stories for a reason. And again, at first blush, this doesn't seem particularly different to any of those multitude of stories which you've probably read before, or which you could easily find, and which you could certainly just run an Amazon search for and get a hundred different stories, all involving some sort of deal with the devil gone awry. But the specifics of how Addie's bargain in this works are really interesting. It's something, as an archaeologist, it's something that hits home particularly close to me. I've often considered that if, you know, if I had my genie's wish, it would be to be able to act as a witness for the entire of Earth's history from start to finish. And it's interesting to see how that premise gets played out in this context where Addie is the only one who has that memory of the time she spends on the planet. And it goes very quickly too. It's not even just the idea, it playing with the idea of being forgotten over time. If you live for long enough, you see everything disappear all the people who once knew you move on and die and you are forgotten over and over and over again. In this case, it sort of, it takes the best of both worlds. It takes the depth and the weight of time and history acting on Addie as the witness, as the person who is moving through the world, but it also rapidly accelerates the idea of the fleeting nature of human memory of human impact uh, on on the world and it makes it so basically as soon as she is out of view she is forgotten there are scenes where she has you know she's at a restaurant and people go to the toilet and come back and she has to reintroduce herself to them every time or they turn away to have a, a slightly extended conversation with the waiter and turn back around again and don't understand who this woman sitting at the table with them is by really ramping that up to this sort of almost ludicrous proportions, it really puts in stark focus that idea of, I guess, the fleeting nature of human impact upon the world and really invites the reader to start looking at it in the way that Addie must start looking at it as well as a long-term thing, which is more defined by the way other people act on their own from your influence or from your presence rather than it is the your actual impacts on the world themselves uh, as the as the blurb said here like she finds herself acting as a muse for artists sculptures musicians she is the person that can plant the seeds in people's mind that they can then take as their own and spin into something 
new, forgetting where they got the initial kernel of an idea from. And the fact that Addie can't even, she can't even write down her name on a piece of paper, can't use a keyboard or a touchscreen on a mobile phone because literally any impact she has on the world is immediately erased is a really elegant way of taking that idea to its extreme and exploring it and pulling out what is thematically important from those ideas and letting those play out in the story. And it's particularly interesting how that plays off with Addie's long-term, I guess, mental health, her long-term understanding of her own situation and how that plays in with the devil himself, the personification of the god in the darkness, uh, the old god to which she initially sells her soul to in her moment of most intense desperation. I adored how the specifics of their relationship and how their relationship matured over their time together was dangled away from the reader, but given enough, we were given enough clues from context, from the way Addie acted in the present, to know that something had happened in their long history together. At some point, we understood that there had been a fundamental shift. There'd been almost a rebalancing of power in their relationship. Because when we start, all of the power is very much in the darkness's hands. He has all the power in every sense of the phrase. But as time goes on, you get those viewpoints into Addie and how cunning she is, how motivated by her own volition, how motivated she is by her just simple desire to continue, the the joy that she still finds in every aspect of life. Uh, there's a brilliant scene where basically the devil goes to show her something and he says, you know, at that moment he looked at her and he saw the indescribable joy that she had at experiencing something new. And he, at that point, he knew that he was never going to win. He was, he was never going to be able to claim her soul for she would never give up the immortality that he'd given her until she was ready to be done with it uh, by the terms of the deal because no matter how bad he'd made her life she could always still find the joy in living she was so consumed by the excitement of the new it's a wonderful perspective and it really lets their relationship be explored in a fascinating way. The moment that you know, Addie is lying in bed there with the devil after living together for years, and she realizes when he asks her to surrender to him that this was all a ploy, this was all just the latest trick by a very cunning creature determined to uh, to take her soul. She has every single reason in the world for believing that that is the case. And the devil tells her it is so, but the reader can still see between the lines that that is 
absolutely not what is going on in that situation. And it's glorious. It's so well-developed. It takes a lifetime, several lifetimes worth of experience and condenses it into the pages of a few chapters and is so well illustrated that it is an absolute joy to read. And the way that Addie is able to find that chink in the armour, you know, slip the the blade in and twist it when she needs to, um, and by the end of the story, the way that she is able to exploit the same set of conditional bargaining that the devil sets for her is really glorious. And it does, does make uh, the reader wonder, even if she might, if she is correct or not, or whether how long it will take for the darkness to truly get bored of Addie. And this, of course, is only put into more stark relief by the other relationship of the novel between Addie and Henry, the man in the bookstore whose own deal with the devil to be what everyone needs him to be means that he's able to cut through Addie's curse and be what she needs him to be, someone who won't forget her the moment they turn away from each other, someone who can allow her for even as brief a time as they get together to live a basic normal human life again. Their relationship together, the way that I guess they fit together, their various, not only the compatibility of their devilish deals, but just their personality, their ability to, again, put the rest of the story in stark relief by comparison. There's a there's a real pathos and a true tragedy to the idea of forgetting. Uh, it's why people who have looked after family members who with memory loss for age-related or trauma-related reasons these sort of stories uh, really hit home very hard. It's the it's that moment in other media where uh, a character, you know, the one that immediately comes to mind is from Inception, where the main character says to his wife, you know, but we did live a lifetime together. You've just forgotten it. Where the only, <laughs> the only good part of the movie, The Notebook, um, when you see the moment that the main characters remember each other and the crushing emotional destruction of the moment when they forget again. Those, it's such a powerful human need, the idea to be remembered. It's sparked so much of humanity's behavior over the millennia. It's Ozymandias in the sand the feet of the broken statue and the universal understanding, the universal pathos of that tragedy as well. It's all wrapped up in, so well in just in the person of Addie LaRue and how that's explored with her relationships between the, the two men of the book and all of the historical characters that she's come in contact with throughout the story's 300-year history. And the way that Schwab has taken that and played with that th that theme 
and explored it from various different angles is so stunningly well done. It's so stunningly engaging. And it's no wonder that this book was up for or won so many various awards. And there are so many so many small things about this story which are great too. The, the wide range of sexuality and gender which is explored through here, or gender expression at the very least, the uncompromising look at mental health, and exploring those through the lens of an ageless, unchanging, immortal ghost being might seem like a strange choice, but it's done, again, very well. And especially through Henry's lens as well. Uh, There's a lot that is really valuable, hits home for a lot of people, I'm uh, I'm sure, uh, not just myself, reading through just the way that they've experienced life and the pressure and the weight that that has put on them. And it's very easy to empathize with the choice to remove that weight or to trade that for the most valuable and yet also invisible possession that you own. I feel like I could probably just ramble on and on about this book for hours, but what it would all come down again to point towards would be the conclusion that this is a fantastic read. It is stunningly well-written, the narrative is deeply engaging, and the world in which this is set is so almost our own. It is so very, very easy to overlay the world of Addie LaRue onto the world that we are familiar with, and to see how it fills in the gaps and the seams and the cracks in our own experience of reality to imagine that this reality could be running alongside us. Phenomenally done. Definitely worth a read. And if nothing else, you'll come away from this story with just such an appreciation for finding the joy in the everyday moments of life more than just the idea of living in the moment but the idea that the time that you have regardless of how long or how short is so very very precious and a profound sense of gratitude for all the good moments that are contained within without overlooking and without scoffing at the the true difficulty and the true impact of the moments which are not happy in there as well. A fantastic read and what an amazing way to start the year and I feel very uh, privileged and lucky to have stumbled across this book to begin the reviews on Terry Talks Fiction for 2023. I hope that you've enjoyed Adi LaRue or will enjoy Adi LaRue as much as I have and I look forward to talking with you all again very soon.